0: Stop hey, this is Matteo Lane.
1: I'm Emma Wilman,
0: and this is Inside the Closet. Inside
1: the Closet. Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Closet. Thank you guys so much for being here. Matteo and I are are doing a long distance episode. Matteo is in
0: Rome. Roma, sono a Roma. I'm in, I just did a show yesterday in Rome, and what was surprising about it was that like. You know, last time I did a show in Rome, it sees about 300, and it was mainly an international audience. Like, everybody was from English, like, like, other places. Last night, about Mm -hmm. 80% of the room was from Rome. They were from Italy.
1: How could you tell?
0: Because I asked.
1: Oh, nice. That's a good way to tell things.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But, it, but I have my, my, like, fourth largest following now on Instagram is Italy, so it doesn't huh. surprise me, but it That's it, great. Yeah, but it was kind of a shock, to be honest. Like, oh my, that's so, like, that's so crazy, like, in Italy. all Like, it feels like worlds colliding, in a sense, like, but it's funny, I don't know if you've ever done stand-up, like, in another country, like, where it's totally culturally different than you, not, like, Canada or, you know, like, even London, right. in a sense. Right. Um, there were it felt a little like i was clipping wings i was like oh wow i didn't realize how many of my jokes were were american like really american
1: also it's it's different too when there's people are used to seeing like if they do see stand up they're used to seeing it at a different tempo or just i just remember when i was in australia which is not totally different from here but it's much more story telling based and i remember watching all the comedians and i was like it wouldn't have worked over here necessarily because it was at least in New York. If you don't, like, get to some form of a point, like, within, like, 30 seconds, five seconds, people are like, ah! So I kind of – I love storytelling formats, but I remember being like, wow, they'll really stay with the person for a long time. Not that one's better or worse, but it's just different. So I would imagine, you know, that they probably have different – because they must have – do they have, like, a stand-up comedy scene there?
0: Not really. I mean, they're it's it's growing. So Francesco Di Carlo and Salverio are really like sort of pushing forward with like stand up in the sense of how we understand stand up comedy. But um, and and I noticed yesterday too doing the show there was a lot of applause, like more Great. applause than laughter. Well,
1: oh I've, oh, that's always tough.
0: Yeah, yeah. Which they I, I understand mean, what they're what saying. What am I talking they're, about? They're, that's always tough. Well, no, but that, I guess, to me, the interpretation was they're saying, we understand.
1: Totally. Or, they, or like, we feel seen.
0: We feel seen, yeah. Can I tell you about the most Italian thing that happened to me here? Please. So, there's an Italian restaurant here that has the best carbonara in, in the world. It's called uh, Luciano, and it's in Campo di Fiori, mm. and... Uh, I had lunch with the guy Luciano, who runs it. Um, I messaged him in the spring when I was coming to Italy, and he was he wrote back and he was like, "I'm, we're under construction. Come in the summer." So the summer I messaged him, he came out. He had lunch with us. It was him, me, and Aziz, and this time I came back and I had my my producer and film guy Chris Cazzo, who we filmed like a ton of stuff here, and so I messaged Luciano and I was like can I come and you show us how you make carbonara? And he was like, of course. And then we decided on Tuesday, and he goes, "Um, okay, come over at 12 o'clock. I said, okay, great. So noon, we show up, and there's this huge photo shoot going on with all this food. And Luciano goes, I'm sorry, this uh, we're doing a photo shoot, which like wouldn't you know you were doing that the day before. He's like, we're doing a photo shoot. Come back at two o'clock, and we're like, fine. We have nothing, you know. Great, we got nothing else. Right. To do. We come back at two o'clock. Lucia says, I'm not ready. I have to go get something. Go eat. Come back More, in five days. S- sit, sit down and eat. We were like, okay. So we ordered carbonara, the both of us, and then I literally see him on his moped, just like, like driving away, and I'm like, I think he'll come back okay like he told us to come you know so we sat there for probably an hour and a half and you know it would like everyone left the restaurant but us because it was getting ready for like siesta time you know so no one eats anymore so it's just us two sitting there and i'm like i don't know if he's coming back so i went up to the guy who worked there and i was like you know like in italian i'm like you know we we have like another thing we got to do can we just come back tomorrow if he's free i will call him i will call him and then as we're leaving, like literally walking on the street, the host is running up to us. Matteo, Luciano is here, he is here. And I like walk back and Luciano like is taking off his home. He's like, come on, Mateo. And then it all happened so quickly. It was the most incredible experience ever. We go in the kitchen, you know, people are cutting up guanciale and pecorino and all this stuff. And he's just like, like a, like a, like a, a true artist at work <clears throat> showing us how to make everything, everything seems so easy. It was almost like he was like dancing in the kitchen. Like, I don't know how to describe it, but there was like this ballet happening in the kitchen and he was showing us how to make the carbonara and it was interesting to watch him. And I was like, I kept saying to him, like there's so many moments in this process that I would have gotten nervous and been like, I've used too much water, I've used too much, he goes, no, 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 no. It's like me, if I were to be a comedian, I would have been nervous too, but this Mm. is my uh, show. And I was like, okay. And then he gave us, he made us the carbonara, and I had to eat two carbonara back to back. And I was like full he, of carbonara, but it was amazing.
1: And he's, he, so he's not worried at all about someone like taking his like secret recipe.
0: No, but you know what's interesting is like, I think because the the carbonara is made only like with a, with the same ingredients. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's he's really smart in the sense that he knows exposure is going to inevitably right. help him more than someone else making it the same way. Because at this point, it's it's like he makes it the best. He's known as the king of carbonara, And, Ooh. you know, and, and the way he made it was incredible. And it was incredible. It was truly incredible, Emma. But it was such an Italian moment of like a lot of uncertainty and then it all happening at once.
1: That's great, though. Did you go out there for the show or did you just book the show once you knew you were going out there?
0: I came out here for the show. Uh, Francesco and I were planning this back in the summer. So I knew that I had a week off. And so I just took the week off and got a hotel. And then then I started working with Chris. And I was like, okay, we're, let's just go to Italy together. I'll pay for your ticket, get you a hotel. Let's just record a bunch of shit. And he... Chris really fucking killed it. We recorded, like, a lot of stuff. We had our friend make us a risotto. We cooked with Luciano. We did, like, a tour of Rome. We did, you know, like, we did, like, a lot of stuff.
1: Are you guys going to do anything with, like, pastries or a dessert thing? Um, that could Because that could be interesting. I've never seen a pastry be cooked. I mean, I like watching that stuff. It's almost, like, pornographic to me to watch that stuff.
0: Yeah, I don't know my interest lies in but I always keep things pretty simple. It's, like, I just go with pasta. I don't know how to make pastries, to tell you the truth. I am not. I know. I can that, make,
1: that's why it be a good video.
0: I guess so. It would be fun to watch Nick make pastries because he's so bad at cooking and baking. Nick totally. has COVID, by the way.
1: Oh, no. I got COVID. I had COVID um, uh, for like three days. It was a little while ago, but this is the second time I had it. But, and I, I didn't really feel anything. I just got tested. I tested myself because I had flown. And then I was like, oh, shit. But I didn't feel bad, and luckily it happened a little while after the filming, which so when I was on the filming, I everything went like really smoothly, and I got to meet Whoopi Goldberg, which was cool. Nice. And then yeah, just I met her more in passing, but I talked to Bobby Kind of all, like a lot because we were just like in a green room on set together, and it, there was like no party fouls in my end except i we were talking about relationships and he was like he asked if my girlfriend was a comedian i was like no 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 and then i was like we were talking more about relationships and then i was like is your wife in the business and he was like yeah she is which is nice and i was like oh that's great and then on the ride home i was like i'm a fucking idiot like i know his wife is in the business she's in the movie that we were doing and rose Byrne is like i she's like maybe even more well-known than he is. And then, I mean, he was cool about it, but he, he did give me a little bit of a look, but I was like, does your wife, does she do anything in entertainment? And he said, he 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 was cool about it. But other than that, I kept it super cool.
0: Can I say that's probably refreshing, Emma?
1: Could be refreshing, yeah.
0: I think, if you there was said a- to him like, who the fuck is your wife? That's one thing. But the fact that you were like, is your wife in the... Like I know how you are, and you ask really great questions, and like. Out of and he real had asked curiosity. me,
1: right? He had asked me, and we were sitting together a long. Like I mean, at one point we were both like reading books, and then another point because you sit around. He was like in and out more than I was, but they were filming out in. We were filming out in Newark, New Jersey, in this bar, and so the green room was like the bottom of the bar, and it was like re, like low ceilings, and you're just in there like. I, I would say I sat a total of like nine hours. It's a, it's an amazing amount of sitting. But I love getting to sit and do nothing when you're also getting credit for doing something because you're on set. So they're, they'll be like, if, if you guys haven't had the experience, they're like, well, you're blocked off. We need you, but we need you to sit right now and you can go eat over there. But other than that, you just got to sit. And I'm like, ah. That's why I want to get cast and stuff, so I can have designated sit time where I'm also getting credit for doing something time. When else I, are you going to sit for nine hours? Uh,
0: when you get hair surgery. Um When I uh, was did this show the other week, which was super fun, I, I just played an Italian waiter, and it, it was like, it was cool. Um And everyone on set was awesome. But in the morning, I didn't, it's not a diva move, but I want to know what you think. I walked up to my... They give you trailers, right? And so, because I was like, just like an extra, I mean, it was like a really small trailer. I'm like, that's fine. I'm like, yep. Yeah, I'm like, that's fine. I'm, I got my phone and I, I have House of Dragon to watch. You know, I'm cool. So, I go and I open the door and I smell, and it just smells like diarrhea. And I sat in there for two seconds and I thought, mm mm. So, I just go out and I just stand on the street. And then the girl, like the PA, or not the PA, the, like, whatever, like the, whatever they're called, like. Someone working
1: there. There's always people running around with clipboards and things in their ears. Yeah.
0: And she could not have been any nicer. And she was like, oh, your trailer's in there. I said, you know what? I said, I think I'll just wait outside. She goes, what? (laughs) And I was like, um, I'm not sure how else to say this, but my room smells like diarrhea. And she goes, oh, yeah. And then she, like, pointed. She's like, it's right in the same trailer with the with the bathrooms. No. And I go, uh-huh. And then she, she goes, well, um, she goes, other people have complained about it this week. I'm like, what? And then the guy who owned the trailer, right, who, like, obviously they, like, lease it from or something, he, like, is mad at me. He's like, well, what the fuck am I supposed to do? What the fuck? And I'm like, I, I don't know why you're mad at me. Like, your trailer smells like diarrhea. It's so, like. then they, Maybe like,
1: have a separate trailer for the fucking bathrooms and then like have the, re- the rest of that be a storage thing or don't put it or like have a better cleaning system so it doesn't s- stink
0: right and so then I walk they sprayed Febreze everywhere and I walked and then it was just Febreze and diarrhea and I was like you know mm-hmm. I was like I'm really it's okay I'm like I will hang out at. like where's just like-
1: let me sit outside
0: yeah like where's crafts I'll go hang out there like I'm super easy I just don't want to sit in there all day and then they were like, well, you can sit. There's another actor who's not here yet. You can sit in his trailer, which was like the nice trailers, you know, like the super like, with the TV and stuff. But on set was really fun. I just got to play an Italian waiter. All I had to do was speak Italian. And I love I do love being on set because everyone is so cool. Like all the people that help you out and that totally and you get to work with. Yeah, a group. It, it was just it's fun. It was-
1: and it's not it's very structured and like it. it it's I mean, it's so structured and if, right. especially if you get to say your own words, like if you get to like ad lib on the scenes, like then that's great because then you're not acting. You're actually saying things for the first time for real.
0: Right. And it was really cool. And I got to play an Italian waiter, which like, you know, am I is, is it stereotyping? Yes. Did I love it? Yes. Am I Italian? Yes. <laughs>
1: I don't think it's weird at all to not want to be in a trailer that sit, that like smells like poop because you're sitting in there. For I was so getting, fucking...
0: I was getting queasy.
1: Yeah, I don't think I'd want to sit... I don't think I could... There's something about... Especially that it's like, you know it's not going away, and then you're like, you know the cul- the people around whose it, butts it came out of. There's just <laughs> something about it where you're like... It's not, it's not a drive-by. You're not walking through. It's like you're sitting, and God knows how long you're going to be in there. Sometimes you <laughs> eat in your trailer. I always like to like bring the food back to my trailer so I can... I like I'll like poke around at the craft services but I'll go back in but I wouldn't want to sit there if it was diarrhea so I vote not not diva-ish at all. Uh,
0: On that note let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we are back. So Emma how have you been?
1: I've been pretty good. I was in L.A. I was in L.A. for, like, I was in San Diego, which I loved. I had such a nice time in San Diego, and the shows, a couple of them were sold out, and the other ones were, like, close to being sold out, so that felt great. Mm -hmm. Everything about it was really good. I didn't bring someone that, like, normally features for me, and the person who featured two times said something where I was just, like, shocked that they would say that on a show where the people had come to see me because it was like what they say it's just kind of I, I it was uh quite trans not trans sensitive i'll put it like that so i was like whoa because i heard them saying it in the green room and i was just like and then i like ran out and then i didn't know what to do because i i was like oh my god they cannot say that I, I mean i've never like so before someone opens for you at a show they'll normally be like is there anything you don't want me to say and mm-hmm. every time i'm like no, I was like, say whatever you want. And they're like, oh, I know you have a joke about being for me. Can I do a joke about being for me? And I'm like, I don't care. Like, right. absolutely do it I'm the it's same like, way. I was like,
0: whatever you want. Yeah, yeah.
1: Whatever you want. Like, you know, like, there was one other time where someone uh, was featuring and I watched the act and, like, it was, like, really mean. And I was like, okay, that's not ideal, but I'm not going to tell him to change his act at all. Like, that was just, like, the the club, that was a misfire on the compatibility there. But, like, We'll make it work. So I didn't know what to do because I've never told someone, like, ha, you can't... Like, you can't say that.
0: Can you give us a gist of what the joke was?
1: It was... It involved something where it was, like, very clearly saying, like, um, a woman... Or a woman with a penis, like, is a man. And something about, like, just, like, talking about their penis. It was, like, very... I don't want to give too much of it away, but trust me. And I'm open-minded about it. But it, like, it. you felt, like, a weirdness immediately and then it was, like, just weird.
0: Well, I was gonna say, isn't the demographic who's coming to see you the, usually queer-centric?
1: I would say 30%. percent hmm Which is a pretty high, which is, like, a pretty good percent.
0: But also, even if they were all straight, it's your goddamn show. You don't want someone up there doing transphobic shit. I get it.
1: And it was also, it wasn't like, you know, if something is yeah, there's just – that's just not – that's, like, where something I, – where I was, like, eee! And, it, and so I didn't know what to do. So I texted them while they were on stage, please um, don't do that joke on the other shows. But they had their phone on airplane mode, so they didn't see. But I should have said something to them, but I didn't know what to – so everything was great other than that. I just have never, like, tried to – not police someone up but
0: did they say like they
1: apologized because they were like, oh, I didn't see your text, which is fair. I mean, I texted them while they were on stage, <laughs> like, you know, because I was watching it. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. And then um, they but they did do it on the next show. So it didn't say anything in between. And then I was like, I should have said I should have said something.
0: Wait, they did it on the next show. You told them not to do it.
1: But they, but I, I was passive aggressive. I texted it to them and they had their phone in airplane mode because we're at a show. So it's totally passive aggressive, and then they were—I mean—they doubled down when they were trying to explain to me why they were still doing it. I was like, you know, that could be interpreted as insensitive just because it's—it's it's linking. Ver- That's me being like really nice in my phrasing of that. I was like, it's linking genitals to gender in a way that is like really like extreme, and like it could be the way that it's portrayed of could be you know hurtful, mm-hmm. and they were like, what? No, I'm just saying. Like, a woman with a penis is gross, or whatever. And I was like, right, I get that. I, again, so it could, that could be interpreted as, like, what the... You know, it, like, navigating those things is... Those conversations are just tricky, too, because, like, you want to educate the person.
0: Well, you don't want to also... You don't want to control what someone else is trying to say. You can share your exactly. feelings on something, which I believe in this situation you had every right to, because it's your show, you're headlining, you know, you sort of dictate the vibe of the show. So it's in your right.
1: And there's people who stand-up have seen where, and this is only like once or twice where I watched it, I'm like, wow, I didn't know they like felt that way about that, like, noted, but I would never, ever say anything to them. Um... Because it's that's like
0: yeah you this, can't this you not... can't go up to a painter and say use this color instead of that, so you just there's a lot of comedians where I don't agree with what they say on stage, but I'm certainly not, and I've voiced that in situations where I've been sort of um, how do I say like cornered, but. Um, if I was asked, I was, if I was asked, I was asked once by this one guy. Oh, if fr- I was
1: asked, oh, if I was asked, whew, I'd love to say something. If I, if they're like, what'd you think about that? I'd be like, oh, think about that? The thing about the fact that you just did a joke, but you don't think lesbians exist? When I think about that? I think you're fucking loser or whatever. You know what I mean? But I uh, just waiting to get asked.
0: There's a a, 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 guy once at a comedy club and he was like, um, you know, I got a joke and I said, okay, you know, go ahead. Let me, let me hear it. He's like, oh, no, first he goes, Mateo, I need your opinion on a joke. So I'm like, great. Okay, so it's a g- it's about being gay. It's certainly not about my writing capabilities.
1: People do that all, they'll do that. All. It's like one, it's like six out of 10 times someone asks me about a joke. They'll be like, the, this happened last night, actually. They're like, I got to ask you this if this is offensive. But I've, I do that with people too, but I get, but totally.
0: Yeah, it's like, it's like, it's a, it's a double-edged sword. Like I totally get it, and I'm happy I to totally get answer. It. And if someone I'm friends with trusts me, and I trust them, like whatever. So he was like, uh, "My joke is that if I, because of how I am as a man, if I was a woman, I'd be so fucking um, bulky and and ugly. I'd <laughs> obviously be a lesbian." And Ooh. I was like, "What?" And he was like, "Yeah, you know, like I'd be like a." Uh, manly lesbian and blah blah is like Do you think that's funny and i was like you know i just don't think this is good good for you <laughs> he he was like why not i was like because essentially what you're saying is you're saying um uh you're saying uh, lesbians are ugly right you're saying that there's a stereotype of lesbians and that it's that it's true and so if you were a woman that Obviously, you would be ugly, so therefore, you'd be a lesbian. I'm like, you don't hear that? Like, this joke never came Right, across and it's so to. dated.
1: That's like yeah. such a dated. It's like something like maybe from like this, I don't know what. Like, that's such a dated. Early like, 90s? Yeah, early 90s. Like, where it's like, I remember like someone would be dressed really frumpy and they're like, like they'd be like, oh, like I remember one in uh, high school, this girl. It was when I went to that prep school for a little tiny bit. I remember her, her name. She was always like, she'd be like, I, I, didn't, I, I didn't do my hair today. Like, everyone's going to think I'm a lesbian or she'd be like, I don't want people on this. I was in the closet, but there was a lesbian on our soccer team. And she was like, oh, she's – right. And she was always like, she's going to – and she, like, had a girlfriend, whatever, that this girl was like, oh, she's going to – I don't want her to hit on me. And I was like, no one hits on you. And she's definitely not going to hit on you. Like, what it, – It's it's –
0: I used it, I'm guilty of that. I used to say that all the time. My cousin and I thought it was funny because everyone said everything was gay in high school. They would mm-hmm. always like that's okay, that's okay, that's okay. So I would say things are lesbian because it would throw people off. You know, they were like, like, I don't get what that means. I would call anything a lesbian because then it would make. That's people, I think that's kind of funny. Yeah, but then I would, and I I'm guilty. This is years ago, but I'm guilty too of saying like, let's say I was wearing plaid or something like, oh, I look like a lesbian. You know what I mean. And I'm like, I'm I'm guilty of there's so much stuff, Emma, that we said in the past. That oh, I was is staunchly just...
1: against gay marriage. I used to say the R word. <laughs> I was I was like, I was like, I don't believe in gay marriage because I didn't want people to think I was gay. I even said oh, it after yeah. but then I I was so used to saying it in college. I remember talking to my straight roommates. My shout outs to my roommate Marissa, she was amazing. She was like always really into like political organizing. Like, she was just, like, so great and on it. And I remember this look she gave me because we had, had like, a shared wall and I was in her room and she was, like, organizing stuff, like, about the gay marriage vote. And she was, like, you're signed up, you're registered to vote, you're good to go. And I was, like, yeah. I was, like, but I just don't know why gay people, like, need to get married. Like, isn't that, like, you know, a traditional institution? Like, why do we need to, like, barge into, like, institutions or whatever? And she was, like... She was like, well,
0: <laughs>
1: you know, she was like, it's, it's, it is, uh, it's also like a legal, there's like legal things that go, like she, first of all, like explained what marriage is. And then she was like, and she you're also, gay. She just said,
0: Emma, you're a big lesbian.
1: Yeah. This was my like sophomore year of college. Like I'd had like 72 girlfriends at that point. Like she was like, <laughs> she was like, I, she was like, just, but she did, she just looked at me. I just remember the look that she gave me. She was like. I think you should, like, reconsider, you know, consider. And then she's like, why don't you come to one of the meetings at the Gay Straight Alliance, like, where we talk about marriage or something, and, like, then you can come. Then you might, like, get it. Well, she was being sweet. Oh, she she was great. And then I went with her to the, to one of the meetings, and I was like, oh. And she also, did they do this at your school? They had the since I went to an all women's college, they had the vagina monologues. They would play it like on loop. Like there was like always a fucking production of the vagina monologues. And no. she would like direct that. And since she was my roommate, I would go to watch it to support. But after I saw it like five times, I was like, I can't with this. You, have you seen it before?
0: Well, I I've seen parts of it, but I also there's a great Mad TV sketch where the former first ladies did the vagina monologue and Oprah. Oh, that's funny. And it is one of the best sketches of all time. I loved Mad TV. I, I
1: never liked it. I if you never think about got it. it. They were,
0: even though everything they did was totally cancelable, but they also were super diverse. They, they were. You know what I mean? It was like SNL took forever to get, you know, <laughs> diversity, let's say. Totally. Um, and Mad TV, like right off the bat, like they had. You know, Phil Lamar and Orlando Jones and Deborah Wilson.
1: They had Bobby Lee, I think.
0: Bobby Lee was he on, was on at one TV. point. He kind of came on after our generation because we had, like, Alex Borstein and... Um, what's his name? who played Stewart, remember? I can do it.
1: I hated it because I remember I, my brother would want to watch it and my babysitter would want to watch it and I wanted to watch Family Matters and Cheers. I love so Family
0: Matters.
1: Like, I love Family Matters and I liked... I liked Cheers. I loved Family Matters. I loved Full House. And so I was, like, pissed because we would be watching that. They controlled the remote because they were older and bigger. So we would be watching that, and I would be, like, cooking because I wanted to watch whatever the hell was I, going on with I always Earthful. thought
0: Mo Collins was so funny because she was the mom of Stuart. I always thought the mother was funnier than Stuart because she'd be like, Stuart? Well, Stuart, you know, <laughs> they were such a weird
1: Mad TV was almost, like, the original, like, stuff that you would find more on, like, YouTube a little bit now with, like, how far out it was. It just was
0: looser in its writing and it was looser in its content. And I think, like, you know, SNL does feel very, like, although we, I remember SNL, our generation was, like, Molly Shannon and Sherry O'Terry and Anna Gasteyer And they had, I think I liked Mad TV when I was younger and then SNL when I was older, maybe, because I think I, like, understood it more.
1: I probably started watching it on my own
0: older... It's like, we grew up with, like, Mad TV, even SNL at the time. I mean, they had John Goodman dressed up as Linda Tripp and calling her ugly. Like, I mean, it was like... Oh, yeah! I, there was no rules. There was no boundaries. There was no rules. Like, every, it just was so crazy. Like, that's what we grew up with, What was being funny. And then we're, like, in our late 20s, and suddenly everyone's like... You don't say you do these things and so it's like you're quickly trying to play catch up. <laughs> I'm looking back like right. I look back at some of my humor. I mean, I've talked about this before and and publicly like um <clears throat> apologize, bro, but like all like very misogynist humor, very like, you know, like we all ha- I just was so it's just so crazy the way that we used to talk.
1: Linda Tripp, if you guys haven't seen these sketches that Mateo's talking about, you these I don't even know if you can still find them online, but they used to just rip the way she looked like that was like such a part of it like there's so many other things to go after but that was that and they also remember how people talked about the way Susan Boyle looked like that people were like I made when Susan she came Boyle out,
0: jokes that's how horrible I, I am I I, I made was, Susan Boyle jokes
1: <laughs> her and William Hung I was I mean he's different because oh, I Boyle forgot could actually, about William Hung I remember the way people made fun of him just felt a little bit weird but with Susan Boyle people were like she's ugly
0: Ugly, well but to be sing. fair that was also America or Britain's Got Talent is basically the way they set that it was like look at this ugly oh, woman oh that's how they set
1: it up yeah right like right. no one expected everything because she is so ugly and then it was like cut to Susan Boyle has a breakdown and it's like yeah what the fuck
0: like it's funny you bring up Susan Boyle. I watched a documentary on her last night. I couldn't sleep and I was on YouTube. Ooh. And there was some documentary on Susan Boyle. I'm like, what? Like, it's so funny. You brought- I used to make, and I, again, sorry, people, please. I used to make all these Susan Boyle jokes because it was such an easy punchline to go to. How is she doing? Is she okay? Like, um, Well, she- the documentary was from, like, 2015, so I don't know um, how she's currently doing, but I think she just is, like, living in her house and. In- And that's it.
1: I'll tell you right now. I wish her well, because I think she's. I mean, what the fuck? There's no way, like, as a child, you can anticipate like just getting slammed like that. Like, and actually, wait, I saw something on William Hung. That's what made me think of him the other day. I forget, but people were so mean. Like, they didn't have to. But that again, that was American
0: Idol. The whole people forget American Idol wasn't about. Yes, Kelly Clarkson was great, and we loved her, and so was Jennifer Hudson. American Idol was about, look at how stupid and dumb this idiot is who's auditioning.
1: Oh, you're right.
0: Anyone who's below the age of 25, Emma and I grew up with a TV show called The Swan, and the point of the swan. Oh my god, was, I forgot
1: about the swan. We sound like we're 87, but oh my god, I forgot about the swan. So, this Holy is. Shit. If you're
0: confused why millennials have a, an obscure way of looking at life and are oftentimes um, confused about uh, what's right and wrong, it's because our entertainment, a show we watch at like literally a family channel, was taking 12 women who just needed a blowout and a new haircut and like a nice jacket, and forced them into months of plastic surgery, shielded them from their families and mirrors for months until they recovered, and then when they when they were finished, aka the swan, when they were made quote unquote beautiful, which they just made them look exactly like the host from the show, they put them into a competition with the other women on the show to compete to see who be the most beautiful, and then be titled the swan.
1: It was so fucked up. I think I blocked it out. I I want to know like where the producers are now. Like, what do they have to say for themselves? Dad,
0: in jail, Montana like Guantanamo Bay.
1: Let us. I mean, and also it's like though. I guess you know, for the producers, people create TV shows because they think there's an audience for them, which I think is an important thing to remember because a lot of times when we see these certain like, you know, when you see like the. When you see the white head part of the pimple, you're like, get that white head stuff out of there. But it's like, nah, there's a whole fucking undergrowing area in the follicle. This is a bad example. But you know what I'm talking about? It's like, it's not just Donald Trump. There's a whole audience of Donald Trump. There's a whole, they're representing. So it's like, they made that because, I mean, I remember watching that. And then I remember seeing, buying People magazine, because it's like, they would profile the swans. And the whole thing was like, just like Mateo just had like, look at this fucking shit.
0: (laughs) Well, Star, Star Magazine used to be best and worst beach bodies, look who got fat, you know, look, look and also look who's too thin. So it didn't make any sense. It was like, Nicole Richie's way too thin, but Christy Alley is way too fat. And I'm oh like- Oh my
1: God. Christie Christy what? Alley. They were so mean about her weight. That's
0: so- They were so mean about her. They were so mean.
1: I remember that. I remember that. That is, I remember that, like, because I remember, it it's so weird, these things, I remember, like, standing at the checkout at the grocery store, because I would go with my, mm-hmm. you know, go with my parents, and I remember, like, looking at that, and they would, like, show her getting out of the store, like, you know, eating a snack or whatever, like, they're, like, waiting to catch her eating, and they'd be like, look at, she gained weight, you fucking.
0: I Actually, let me, let me Google some Christy Alley Star Magazine covers, just to see what it looked like, let's see.
1: They were so mean, no wonder, I mean. Like just like I wonder if that they're like the amount of eating disorders is gonna go down or up based on like how the media landscape
0: has changed. Okay, so here's some of the titles. So everyone who's brace yourselves this is trigger trigger warning. Star magazine, 260 pounds. Kirstie is too fat for sex.
1: And where do they even get that from? How do they say someone's too fat for sex? No one's too fat for sex. I watch all types of porn. There's ways.
0: This one, look 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 at this. Nicole Richie crying. Freaking out and panics over sick baby Chrissy Alley, fired for being too fat. Chrissy's rage, TV bosses ax her she has a new medical procedure after packing on more pounds. Then it says, Dr. Phil warns you're gonna die to Britney Spears, Britney in brawl. Can you imagine? Like, can you fucking imagine? Like, it, like, but what do you think of Dr. Phil? Um, I don't think of him. Who gives a shit? But yeah, I mean, the the, the Chrissy Alley um, tell bosses, uh, TV bosses tell tell Chrissy, you're too fat. And her diet, like, I mean, it's just so mean. And it was like, first of all, Chrissy Alley, like, we don't line on our beliefs in a lot of ways, um, but she's a great actress and she's funny and she seems nice. And it's like, so what? She... She gained weight. She didn't look like she did in the 80s. Like, that's what we were bombarded with when we were kids. Completely bombarded with that.
1: I just thought of this. I wonder if, because back in the day, there wasn't, like, YouTube trolls or or whatever. There wasn't there weren't people co- being able to, like, comment. Because when you're reading those headlines, it reminded me of some of the things that people say to other people online. Like, I, I was watching someone's video the other day, and I scrolled down to look at the comments, and it would be like, Nice, nice, nice. And then something about anytime it's like a woman's video, they'll comment on like, wait. And I've had some, I mean, it's just, it's crazy, but I wonder if because people used to read that stuff. So then it's almost like that, like sick, disgusting, they, maybe they gut that satisfaction of seeing so toxic, but now, okay, they're not, that's not necessarily in newspapers so that, People are, like, purging that desire to be so fucking mean in the... Con- it's like, those. that was the original comment section of YouTube videos. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, most people leave comments like, you know, I think they're just having a bad day. Or they leave a comment and they don't think about it the rest of their life and it sits with us forever.
1: I was talking to someone who's a social media manager and she manages a really popular YouTube account and she said that she puts... She put a block on the word woman. And she was like, because if someone's commenting women, it's not good. Like, she's like, I've never had, it'll be like, women aren't funny. Women are this. Like, it's never like, I love women or, or something like that. She's like, it's just always bad. So she's like, so that's one of the things I have a block on. And I was like, the, the only word I have a block on is on my Instagram page. And I, I put a block on if someone says faggot, or I think I had a block on if someone says Ellen for a while, but I took that off, just because people were always like, Ellen, 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 so I blocked it, but then I was like, you know what, whatever.
0: <laughs> Do you have any shows coming up you want to plug? So we added a third show in Toronto, February 9th. Um, we added a second show in Los Angeles, February 18th, and a fourth show in Seattle, February 23rd and 24th. Also... I'm going to be in Cincinnati, January 6th and 7th, and Orlando, January 13th and 14th. So go to com for tickets. My shows. is I'm going to be in Pittsburgh at the Improv
1: on November 2nd. Low ticket for that show. Cleveland, Ohio, November 3rd. Cincinnati, Ohio, November 30th. Columbus, Ohio, December 1st. Um, Huntsville, Alabama, December 3rd. Nashville, Tennessee, December 4th new jersey rutherford december 10th and then i'll be in greensville charlotte and greensboro north and south carolina the first week in january also i'm going to be going to if you miss the shows in portland oregon i'll be back in portland oregon november 11th and 12th um doing new material different stuff from when i did the time i was there before so come on down thank you guys thanks so much